0: Church, everyone. Today, um, I've got a message prepared that God actually spoke to me about more than two weeks ago. Probably more like three weeks ago. um, And it all started when we did the we we did a course called Women to Women. And as we did one of our final sessions, God started speaking amongst all the ladies in the group, and it's about the specific thing. And He showed me the importance. Of this specific thing and I thought okay God you're starting something and then as the weeks passed it just it grew in my heart and God he just spoke to me more and more about it so I want to give it to you today I want to talk to you about this today and it's called the devil's plan and although I hate focusing on the devil the fact of the matter is he, we are, we fight against him you know that's what the Bible says and we're going to go look at those scriptures in a little while. But, you know, I spoke to God about this, and and I thought, do we want to be successful in 2023? I want to, right? Do you want to have success in your work environment in 2023, and in your marriage, in your family, in your finances? And then God said to me, I want to reveal something to you. So I've titled this The devil's game plan, right? And we're going to go look at the first scriptures, Ephesians 6, verse 12. And I thought I would throw this in here because I don't like talking about the devil. But it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Verse 13 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of the evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. So, the fact of the matter is, we're in a battle. We can't get away from it. Even though we don't like to focus on the devil, we're in a constant battle, right? The scripture right there says it. So, therefore, if you think about a football game, or let's take rugby, right? Let's take the All Blacks. They've got a game plan before they start playing rugby. So today I want to look at what is the devil's game plan? And I want us to to go over to John 10 verse 10, also out of the NIV, and it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Not either to steal or to kill or to destroy. No, no, no. It says and. So it's threefold. To steal, kill, and destroy. And then it continues and it says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay. So if you look at the threefold, to steal, kill, and destroy, then I would say, what is the game plan here? It is destruction. If I can term it one thing, I would say it is destruction. That is what the enemy is trying to cause, destruction. And I thought it was so amazing when Steve spoke about unity this morning. Because if you look at at destruction, right? Where was the devil when it was only Adam. The Bible doesn't talk about it. The moment Eve enters, it suddenly the devil appears. Why? Because there's unity between Adam and Eve. God created unity. And then the devil comes, the serpent comes, the snake comes, to do what? To tear them apart, to cause destruction. Right? Destruction. And I had to just touch on this, you know, if, if we looked at COVID, it's almost the equivalent to a swear word, you know? COVID. What happened with the vaccines? What happened in the churches with the vaccine? Destruction. The unity in churches were broken. Anti-vaccine, pro-vaccine. What happens in family households? Husband and wife, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, unity, broken. What happened in business places? You're not allowed to work here because you're, anti-vaccine, and we are pro-vaccine. Unity, broken, destruction. This message today might cause disunity among some people, might cause division. You might say, "I I agree with what you say, or I don't agree with what you say. But that is the plan of the enemy. It is division. Some of us will be voting labor and some of us will be voting national division. The unity is broken. So if I look at at the All Blacks, right? Let's go back to the game plan. What is the agenda that they have? What do they wanna achieve? They want to win, right? What is the strategy that they have? How will they be achieving it? What is the game plan? And what is the tactic? What is the how will they be executing this game plan? And that is what I want to look at today. It's the same with the devil. His agenda is destruction. How does he do it? What is his strategy? Division. To sow division in churches and families. And how does he do that? What is his tactic? Just excuse that noise. It's our children having an amazing time with some instruments this morning upstairs. So nothing is falling apart and there's no earthquake happening. Uh, It's just our kids having an amazing time. What is the tactic of the devil? It's offense. Because what happened with a vaccine? Oh, I'm offended. I'm offended that you are anti-vaccine. So now I'm offended and you're pro-vaccine. Now I'm offended that you're pro-vaccine even. I'm offended you even have a say in it, right? That's what happened. (laughs) That's what happened, right? It's division. And I want us to go through to Matthew 12, verse 10 to 12. And this is the King James Version. And I want us to look at what happens when there is offense, okay? So the Scripture says, And then shall many be offended, not some, not a few, not one or two, many will be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You know, and I look at this offense and and Pastor Will, I think it's in a couple of weeks, he's going to talk about offense. And so I don't want to say too much about offense today, but if you if you look at offense, it's when you offend me. But you know what? I was brought up with a saying that offense is never given, it's only taken. Offense is never given, it's only taken. There's so many things that causes offence. The fact that I wear makeup might cause offence to other people. Oh, she's in the front of the church. She should be representing pure beauty for our amazing youth. Why does she wear makeup? And it offends the parents. I never intended to offend anybody. But they pick it up, right? They pick it up and they put it on and they carry it. I'm offended. And then there's much more important things in life than makeup that we get offended about. And the scripture here says that it leads to betrayal. Why does it lead to betrayal? Because offense, search, offense searches for offended people grouped together. Because you offended me, even though we are friends, I'm going to break the trust that we have in our friendship. And I'm going to go and talk here. And I'm going to go and see, can I, can I get another person that has the same offense for me or the same category of offense? And let's share that offense, right? And it leads to hate in your heart. And hate starts forming. Because their offense goes untreated because you picked it up, offended people seek offended people. Think about it. Oh, did you see how that person looked at me? Oh yes, I did. I did see how that person looked at me. Oh, yes, it's unacceptable. Oh, I totally agree with you. It is so unacceptable we should we should go and and find out if we can lay a complaint or the equivalent of whatever the situation is, right? Offended people seek offended people. And you know why it's such dangerous grounds? Because the scripture here says, and many false prophets prophets shall rise. Now, do you know that we all have this idea of a false prophet as somebody who thinks they are very important and they've got this big platform and sometimes they do and they are talking about the antichrist and the 666 and we have all these ideas and but do you know that a false prophet could be somebody that's talking into your life that is not talking from the word of God it could be somebody you associate yourself with and instead of you speaking into their life they speak into your life and many false prophets will arise. You see, and it's what I said earlier. Anybody who has an offense starts to look and search for agreement. Start looking for agreement. And then God showed me something else. We have to be careful what we listen to, because the music that we listen to is the agreement that we enter into. It's the same as the false prophet. And I want to give you an example. Um, Siri Cue the music. Because baby now we got bad, Now You know we used to be mad. Now I'm offended. Now I'm getting so take more a look at you baby me. now we got bad now got bad blood), blood oh yeah, now we has got, oh, yes. got a problem oh yeah you want, you want to fight you want to fight now you got a problem hey. yeah it hypes you up it feels you but it does it feel you with the word of god does it rise anger in you does it stir you does it feed you with ungodly things false prophets and i'm not saying taylor swift is a false prophet don't get me wrong, the words, the intention of the music. Where is the thing? I lay it down. Oh, you can go sit down, buddy. It's almost time. It's almost time. Sorry. You'll see soon. Maybe go. You see, what we allow to speak into our life fuels us. So what are you allowing to speak into your life? Are you allowing this offense to to drive you? And you know what? It's in every church. It's even in the non-believers. We live in a world full of offense. Different cultures, different genders, different stereotypes. We all pick up offense. And it's not what God wants for us. And it ends with the last part of that verse that says it becomes cold. Um, The love of many shall wax cold. What does that mean? Your heart will become cold. The love will become cold. And there's no joy in your life. and We don't care for each other anymore. I want us to look at John 13, verse 35. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world. So if the devil attacks the love and it can get you to love less, for your heart to harden, then the only proof of the world that we love him is gone. Agenda achieved. Tick. You see, the love for each other is the determining factor, and that is exactly what the devil is after. Can I attack the love? Can I attack the love? Remove the love towards remove the love towards each other, and you will remove. The only proof we have that we love God. Can you see how this plan works in today's society? Can you see that it is so successful? It is so successful. When we allow offense to cause division, we create destruction. We allow destruction in our life. And you see the focus is is removed and it's put on each other. The focus is removed and it's put on each other. And I've got a little demo that I want to I show to you guys. So I've got, I've got a ninja here today. Where's our ninja? The ninja should be coming forward. There we go. Come on, ninja. Okay, so we're going to have our ninja over here. And I might even move some stuff backwards. Ninja, you're on that side. For those of you who don't know, it's bears and we love them. But today's... <laughs> okay and I have arranged with my kids and will to come up so how this is going to work stand on the side buddies today our loving bears has decided to be the enemy and he is the 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 the, the bad forces, the devil, yes, my love. He is the devil. He is the bad forces that we stand against. Remember what our scripture said. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the demonic forces. So he represents the demonic forces, okay? And this is the children of God. Where's Will? There we go. There we go. Good, good job, Will. This is the children of God, okay? I strategically chose my children so that we have no injuries okay so what's going to happen is they are going to fight because that's what we do our fighters against flesh and blood come on go fight him fight the enemy come on fight the enemy come on vincent give him a run for his money fight him fight him but all of a sudden vincent takes up a fence all of a sudden vincent takes up a fence. vincent takes up a fence and he's fighting come fight the enemy liam no, no, Liam, fight the enemy. There we go. Oh, and Liam takes up secondary offense. Fight. And, and they're fighting. And they're fighting. And look, they're fighting each other. The body of Christ is fighting. Come on, boys, give dad a run for his money. And look what the enemy does. Look. Look, they don't even see. They don't even see that it's the enemy. They think it's, it's their fellow brothers and sisters. They don't even see the enemy. They keep fighting Will. Thank you. Brilliant. Right? Boys, you guys can go back to kids' church if you want to. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, bears. You were amazing. So did you guys see what happened there? He attacked the children of God, but the children of God didn't even see him. Like a thief in the night, he came and he struck them down. And what did my kids do? They kept on attacking Will. Oh, because now it's you that hurt me. In the meantime, the devil's getting a few beatings in there as well. As well, And what happened with Will? The moment Vincent picked up a fence and started fighting him, Will couldn't stand against the, against the enemy. He had to start offending himself. He had to start fighting Vincent. He couldn't look at the enemy. And that is what happens so often in churches, in families, so much in families. Division, the unity is broken. You see, the moment we betray each other after we have taken up offense, hate started to arise. Because did you see how Vincent, I mean, they were fighting the enemy quite nicely, structured. And then when they turned to go to Will, man, they were giving him a run for, their, for his money they gave it their everything because you see now it's personal now, now now it's personal now i'm fighting right it even happens in families so what is the key to prevent this from happening how do we stop this from happening the devil has a game plan it can never change he cannot create anything he is not a creator only god has creational powers so if we know his game plan, it means we can stop him, right? So, so what is the element that we need? And it's forgiveness. But you see, I think the, the church, and I'm not talking about our church, I'm talking about the global church, does a really great job at teaching us that we should be forgiving. But they don't teach us how to forgive. Not all of them do. It's not part of your, I want to say the basic principles. The basic principle is to forgive. But the method of application, it lacks. In most places, it lacks. And a lot of us feel that if I have to forgive this person that hurt me, I have to forget what happened. I have to allow them back into my life. I have to carry on as if nothing happened and and they are free. No. Forgiveness is there. It's a gift from God to set you free. Because you see, the moment you truly forgive, you take the offense and you put it down. And the moment you put the offense down, you stop the rest. You stop the betrayal. The betrayal, you stop the hate. And then there's no chance of false prophets to talk in your ears. And it's the biggest thing that we have that we can prevent division with. And I think the saddest thing is how we see people who do not forgive. And it goes generational. Generation upon generation upon a generation. And then we have young kids like mine that was just here that might be suffering from unforgiveness from previous generations. Because I chose to unforgive, They will never know their grandma and their grandpa. They will never know their cousins. They will never know because of my unforgiveness. And that's what we do. It's generational. Those little ones look at how we do things and they will do it. And it echoes into eternity until we say we break it, we stop it. So I want us to look at Mark, uh, sorry Matthew 18, verse 22. Um, I don't have it on the screen, but basically it's where Peter goes to Jesus and he's like, Jesus, how many times should we forgive? Seven times? And you know, it's as if he says, oh, seven times. That's a good number. That's a lot of times. Seven times, that is, that's a great number. That's a gracious number. And do you know that seven in, in, in biblical terms means completeness? So that's the complete amount of times we should forgive. I really believe that's seven times. And then Jesus comes back and he knocks him out of the park and he says, no, Peter, 70 times seven. And I always think, why? He doesn't say 70 times seven a day or a year or a month or a lifetime, or per person, no. Can you imagine saying, okay, well, I have forgiven you 2,005, 2,003, 2000, 1,500, 2,000, can you imagine? We have to count it. So why did God do this? So that we lose track. The idea is not to keep count. The idea is to lose track, Right? And forgiveness is a primary principle of our faith. It's what, it's what our faith is built on. You know, God forgives us of all our sins. Yet we want to go and we want to keep tabs and say, okay, mom, I've forgiven you five times. You're very close to seven. So you've got to behave now. But then we say, God, I've done it a million times. Forgive me. But we want to keep tabs on people. I want you to think about this. I want to think when last did you forgive somebody? Have you released the people that has offended you from their debt? Have you released yourself? Have you released yourself from other people's doings? You know, I looked at Luke 6, 6, verse 38, and it talks about all your enemies, right? And it says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. And it's specifically talking here about your enemies. It's not saying be merciful to your children, be merciful to your friends, be merciful to fellow good Christians. No, it's saying, It's talking about enemies. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. So when we we spoke about this in our course, I said to the ladies, you know that I strongly believe that forgiveness has different stages. It's almost like grief. Grief has different stages that you go into. And I strongly believe that forgiveness is exactly the same if you're really hurt, you can say, oh, Nicole, I forgive you, and it's not going to change anything in your heart. It's not going to, the offense will still be there, because there's stages of forgiveness that you've got to walk in, right? So I thought it was really important to talk about this today, because the fact of the matter is, we think forgiveness is, is this clean thing, oh, I forgive you, and then I am free and you're free and we're dancing and butterflies going and it's all beautiful. But actually, forgiveness is very much the same as grief. It is messy, it is dirty, and it's ugly. But you're going to be clean on the other side afterwards. You're going to be free on the other side afterwards. So in the next two weeks, I'm going to be talking on the stages and how you forgive, and what do you do to forgive. But I really thought it was really important to talk about the devil's plan today so that we can make sure we understand what the agenda is, what the strategy is, what the game plan is so that we can stop the enemy in it, and then we can move on to, okay, so the tool is forgiveness, but then how? How do I apply it to my life? If I had to do everything in one sitting, we would be here for another hour. So, I decided to cut it in half, okay? So, we are going to carry on in two weeks to talk about this on how we forgive. And before I close off and we do another song, I want to pray for everybody here because I actually think sometimes doing things not in a full session gives God the chance to reveal stuff for you for when you come back. So, why don't you just sit where you are and close your eyes? We're going to end off with a a last praise song soon. Uh, But close your eyes where you are. God, I wanna bring each and every person that sits here today, and I wanna ask you that you will speak to them about the devil's game plan in the coming two weeks. I ask that you will reveal to them doors that's been opened that they aren't aware of, doors that they thought they might have closed, where offense and destruction and division is still coming in, where the unity is broken, Father. I wanna ask that you will speak to them Give them names. Give them situations. Help them remember stuff that they have not dealt with. So when we come back in two weeks, God, and we talk about forgiveness, that you will set them free, Father God, that you will deliver them so that we can stop the devil's plan. Because, Father, ultimately, our focus should be on you. Ultimately, our focus should be on you. And if we can understand forgiveness, which is a principle in our faith, a principle factor, it will enable us to have eyes on you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you.